Hey, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in this week. This week we have a great guest, uh, comedian Scott Rogowski from HQ Trivia and a bunch of other stuff. Um, we're old friends. We talked about um, uh, all the success he had from the HQ Trivia show uh, slash app and how Lance Armstrong hit him up to hang out with him in Austin and how he played my comedy for actor Ralph Macchio. <laughs> So uh, it's a great episode. Please check it out. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Hey everybody, thank you for uh, tuning in. We're on Storic Media uh, now. Please rate and review. And um, we have a, we have another guest, uh, big, big Scott Rogowski. Big, big guest. guest. Big get and big guest. Um, Scott Rogowski, how are you? What's up, man? Hey, buddy. I'm all right. I'm hanging out here in Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> Just chilling. Barry Green in Iceland. Yeah, I know my shit. Warm, uh, t-shirt on. It's very warm. Is that here. a John Deere t- t-shirt? Uh huh. All right, cool, <laughs> cool guy. <laughs> um, yeah, you left us, man. Why did you? Sorry, you're you're the heart and soul. You are the I heart mean, and soul of this place, man. We're nothing without you. I know. Um. That's what that's what I've been seeing on the news a lot. Um, I was actually surprised at how few texts I got <laughs> not being there. But then I guess you're so like, what have you been doing? I mean, like, are you do you live right in Manhattan or? I, I, yeah, I moved. Well, let's see. I, I've been in Manhattan since I guess a couple of years ago. I moved to Manhattan uh, for the first time. I was always in Brooklyn. And then I got my job with HQ and I wanted to like live close to the office so I don't have to you know, commute to the place. So I moved within like an eight minute walk of the office, which was fantastic. And then I left that job and started working in Jersey. So it didn't, it didn't make sense to live there anymore downtown. So I moved over to the West side. Now I'm in like Chelsea area ish. Is that when you, was that the, the Dazen yeah, show? The, the zone. Yeah. Does uh, the uh, change up change up. Right. And that's like a, it's a baseball show that is, currently on hold along with the baseball season so uh i'm sitting here doing nothing except (laughs) trying to to make something out of nothing you know i'm doing like my isolate night show and i'm doing my quiz daddy's closet my vintage t-shirts and yeah and now you're and then you finally got to do this yeah yeah now you've made it now i've made Uh, it yeah so were you um i saw so the isolate the Isolate night show. Isolate, yeah, like isolate, isolate night. So, when did you start doing that? I started that uh, like <clears throat> March twenty second was the first one I did, and that was I, I was I wasn't even sure what to call it at that point. I actually I actually called it the talk show at the end of the world because it felt like we were at the end of the world. Um, and then four days later, I decided to restart it as as like a more regular thing with the new name, Isolate Night. And the thing about that March 26th date is that was the date I was supposed to go to work for the first time. I've been off 
for six months heading into this pandemic. So I was like really ready to get back to work, frankly. And that was opening day for the baseball season. And I was mm-hmm. gonna, you know, big opening day festivities and that all got canceled. So I said, screw it, I'll just go live on Instagram and and figure this out, you know? And, and I did that for 10 days in a row and that was exhausting. And then I kind of relaunched it on isolatenight.com. I bought my own domain. So you must, but you, you, I saw you, like, you've been getting some really good guests. You, like, Gilbert Gottfried is going to do it? Gilbert Gottfried did it. Thomas Middledish, Ben Schwartz, they did it together. Uh, I've Amir. Got Mod- yeah, Amir Blumenfeld. I got Modest Yahoo tonight and Andy Kindler. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I had uh, Doug Benson, Eugene Merman. Um, I've t- I'm excited for May 4th. I've got Thomas Lennon. From Reno 911 and all those great shows. Do you so? Do you just do it over like like this? Like, do you yeah. do where they they zoom in? Is Skype. it weird? We do it is, man. It sucks. It's very weird. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Because well, do you do like jokes at the beginning and like and just to nothing? I try. I, I try to do. You know, you can't really do stand up in this format. I, I think we've all learned that by now. I mean, I. I, did I think one. some people still have it. Really? <laughs> yeah, definitely not. <laughs> well, I know that like Steve Hofster started this thing where you you know you could actually hear comedians. Oh no, you can hear the audience laughing. He, he's rigged it so that it, it's tried tries to recreate the comedy club atmosphere. I haven't done a show like that, but I did do early on, like March sixteenth. I did a the stand was doing a show, and I hopped on there with Tyler Fisher was hosting it, and. It was like, yeah, I'm just talking to Tyler. I'm doing my stand-up for Tyler. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of, it was pretty awkward. But um, I've now, done a, cu- I've done a couple where they've had laugh tracks. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's weird. Does that help? <laughs> it kind of does, actually. I've done two already, two shows already, and one of them had a laugh track. And you know, you feel like uh, every joke is landing, but it's definitely weird because you know every joke isn't landing. <laughs> is it the same yeah. laugh track, or is it, is it different? Do they different types of laughs that they bring in? Uh, it sounded this one sounded very canned, like just like what you would hear, <laughs> like those, um, <laughs> like those, uh, like mash when they would yeah. have that. It's <laughs> like, it stops immediately. You know what I mean? Well, it is hilarious when you really would think about like those shows, like Mash. Like there would be scenes where they were outside, clearly, and there'd be like people laughing like a crowd laughing like so they there's a crowd standing in the in the woods yeah watching (laughs) yeah the gilligan's island have a laugh track it did it's just like that's what they did yeah but then it's sometimes you see them without the laugh track like you'll see some mash episodes where they don't have it it's like weird you don't know what to do those are the funniest videos on youtube yeah Big Bang Theory without a laugh track is a hilarious watch. Yeah. Oh wow. Because they yeah. pause too for the laugh. It's just right? it, it makes the show like like kind of this dark, uh, just like awful. I don't know. It's like a dark, awful, not funny show. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, so Scott. All right. So I want to. All right. So do you mind if I we start? So I I met you in like when you were still in college. Basically, at, yeah. Probably you were at DeVry. Uh, Polytech. Uh, what was it? <laughs> Um, the ones that are advertised in the subways. <laughs> you know, it's a good school when you see commercials on TV for the college. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you went to Johns Hopkins. Johns Hopkins, wow. graduated 2007. And then um, I, probably, I probably met you. No, because I definitely met you before because I brought you down to school, right? Yeah, it was me and a few, it was like me and like Sean O'Connor. And, a, and I think Jacqueline Novak. 
maybe. maybe. Or um, I brought Mulaney down. I brought um, Todd Ledman. I brought Dan Allen, Baron Vaughn, and, and Andrew Wright, and maybe Nick Maritata, like that whole group. You might have come down yeah, with Yeah, yeah, I was with them. And then I, so like, you you had just started doing stand-up in college, right? Yeah, yeah. And then I and met you guys over the summer of 2006, and that's when I really, you know, between semesters, I sort of just said, I'm going to try the New York City's comedy scene. And I started hosting open mics at Otto Shrunken Head. And I, oh, geez. That place is still there, you know. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? And um, that, was, that was my sort of uh, my, my entree into the whole scene. And Tom, I mean, I met you and I just, I mean, I still think you're one of the funniest mother effers to ever yeah. the stage. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I not, remember. Yeah. No, I remember I met you, and it was so funny because you were like, Yeah, I'm going to do stand up. And then you moved to New York, and I saw you like, it had been like maybe a month and a half since you started in New York. And you're like, Yeah, I don't know about this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, uh, Yeah, well, at least you gave it a shot, right? Um, <laughs> no, but it was funny looking back on it because then you kind of like started doing. I remember you saying specifically, like, I don't know if stand up's really the route I want to go. Um, yeah. And then you did. So then you just started doing all this stuff. Like, um, I don't. So. Successful. At one point, you so one point you approached me about uh, producing my at my comedy album. Yes, and yeah. so it's so funny. Like I, t you know, that album people still it's called Lou Diamond Phillips question mark. Great people album. still bring. Thank you. Yeah, people still mention that album to me all the time. Like, um, Good. I still have six hundred CDs in my parents' basement. By the way, but want to buy one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all right, cool. That, let's cut that part out. Um, <laughs> no, but, no, the problem is, Tom... Man, I, you, you must have really liked the album. You bought it 600 times. I, I know. Well, this was 2008, okay? The end of 2008. And this is also the end of CDs being yeah. a thing. And I stupidly thought, well, you know, you need something. I mean, Tom, it was mostly for you, for your touring. I thought, like, you'd have a hard copy of CD. You can see right, how right. it goes. And... Uh, I guess you stopped touring. <laughs> well, we did. Do you remember we did some shows and then like people would buy them, but not like that. They'd be like, oh, you're really funny. Like, yeah, I don't want to buy. I think it was like college kids. Right. They didn't really want to buy yeah. CD, CDs anymore. Well, buying a bunch of CDs in 2008 is kind of like buying uh, MySpace stock in 2008. Right. Kind of just caught it at the wrong time. Exactly. But thank, thank God Spotify came along. I mean, Tom, you're, you're getting... Some residuals, I hope, from this stuff. And Sirius XM is playing it. I, they, well, they, they, I started to get a lot of residuals from actually when I did like that music thing because they like would play music more and more. But yeah. so that so that album came out and like it got like on a top ten list with like Louis C.K. and stuff, and yeah. like it got a lot of. It, it kind of became like this this album that like as time went on, people would bring up to me all the time. Um, and then right after that, you started doing like videos, right? Yeah, I started uh, uh, 12 Angry Mascots with Neil Janowitz, which was a sports comedy collective. We didn't really know what we were doing. You know, we, I wanted to do a live show. We started the live show at UCB and then brought that over to comics and ended up at Gotham and um, did it at uh, Caroline's, I think, maybe. Uh, but it also became this you know, production company, so to speak. Yeah. And we did, yeah, we did that first, my first ever YouTube video. You were in it. Yeah. The, the, the NFL writer's room. Yeah. 
And I remember it was right before the Super Bowl, right? And you and it got featured on YouTube, which was like a huge deal. Crazy. It was the first video I ever put onto YouTube. And it was, yeah, it was featured on the homepage back when they actually had a human being like curate the homepage of YouTube. <laughs> and it was that weekend of the Super Bowl. It was a Super Bowl themed video. So I guess they figured, let's get Super Bowl content out there. And it got 200,000 views overnight. Wow. Yeah. And we were like, what? The, like, this is how this works? It's so easy. <laughs> we're like, fantastic. We'll just keep doing this. And of course, like, n no other videos ever reached that plateau. But. Well, I, I actually remember, uh, now I just looked it up. I, I thought it was you. The videos that I thought were hilarious. The books on the subway thing. Yeah. That was really hilarious. Thank you. That was obviously much later. But um, yeah. What, what, what did they say? 2016, maybe? 2000. Uh, yeah, 2016. I guess I saw it a couple of years ago. You, that was you, when you would like be reading the like really inappropriate books on yeah. the on the train. God, I cannot believe that was four years ago. That is horrifying. How time is flying by. But um, do you remember the, some of the names of the books? Because they, they were like hilarious. How to like how to eat ass or something? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ass eating made simple. Come on. Um, <laughs> ass, <laughs> ass, ass. Uh, how to eat ass wouldn't it be funny ass eating made simple <laughs> right right because uh, it is very confusing to people right right and like you know if i did it how i would have done 9 11 by george <laughs> bush you know the, the simpson parody so uh, would people say stuff to you like i know yeah, that's what i was saying like there's probably stuff that was cut out maybe that was possibly crazy that when you did there that were, there were hours of stuff that were cut out because a lot of it was just sitting there trying to get the reactions you know and 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 you know, New York New Yorkers are mostly self-absorbed and and in their own worlds. But on the subway, you can kind of get those reactions because I feel like on the subways, particularly, you're you're crammed into that metal tube and there's not much to look at. You read the subway ads, you decide maybe I don't want to go to Devry or Jonathan. <laughs> I don't know if Dr. Dismore looks so like a reputable doctor, um, but, oh, what's this guy reading? Uh, how to hold a fart in, you know, like, like 101 penis lengthening tips. Like what the fuck is that guy doing? So uh, yeah, those were the early kind of sophomoric versions. And I, th I did three, two other versions of it, which I think we got a little better as they went along in terms of the, the, uh, but, but, it's New, but, but it's New York. Like people mostly don't pay attention. Right. 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 But would people ever like actually get vocal to you? Would they ever say anything? Yeah. I, so yeah, some people were. I mean, there was like a, a mind comp for kids that didn't. <laughs> that one didn't really because it, it looked like mind comp. I mean, it, it said mind comp and it had Hitler's face, but I put like the Groucho Marx uh, <laughs> as a nose thing on Hitler, and I put four <laughs> kids and like a. Total, so people didn't really see that one. I could have maybe art directed a little better. It looked like I was reading my frankly. <laughs> people weren't happy with that one. Did but, that, uh, so did those explode? Million, yeah, it got millions of views, man. And then that, that was like my first taste of viral fame. Uh, I actually got recognized like in bars in Brooklyn from that thing. Wow. Like, yeah. I mean, it was awesome. crazy. In fact, so, yeah. Go ahead. Now go ahead. What were you going to say? I was going to say, cause it, but, but you know, I, I got my first taste of viral fame and then I also got, that sense of how quickly and how fleeting this stuff is because it was it, it truly was like you wake up and you walk down the street everyone's like pointing and like that's the guy from the book cover and like and then i'm thinking oh my god my life has changed the next day you wake up and completely ignore it again you know what i mean like it's just it happens so quickly and then you're forgotten about it. that's 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 our society <laughs> yeah um 
I'm sorry, I was I wasn't listening to that last part. Mark <laughs> 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 a true interviewer. Yeah, I mean. No, I forgot that I forgot who you were in the middle of this <laughs> while you're telling me that you're forgotten in society. Wow. No, um yeah. so you all right, so I am so I'll go I'll try and go through it quickly. So then you start then you, you gotta you guys gotta deal with like ESPN, right? Where you to do a sh- an actual like series a web series. That's right. We took those uh those that first NFL writers room, we turned it into a series. ESPN did like eight episodes, I think. That was a crazy time in my life, just nonstop every week because we were writing them and producing them as the, you know, responding to the NFL news that week. Yeah. Games would end Sunday, Monday night. We'd be up all night, Monday night, Tuesday, writing, getting them scripts approved from ESPN, which is a whole other mess because, you know, you couldn't make fun of Roger Goodell. You couldn't mention CTE or concussions. You had to be, because it was ESPN, they had to protect their relationships with the league. And then we had to, you know, we had the cast. You were part of the cast, and but you had to like make sure the the, the the ESPN offices. We actually snuck into the ESPN magazine offices to shoot those things unauthorized after hours, which was that was. Oh, that what we weren't supposed to be there. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so they were really behind the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it was it was. Uh, it was a different time, I think. Ten yeah, years. well, well, I mean, if people, so the premise of the show was we were that that the the, um, the NFL was all scripted by writers, and so we were the writers, but who were writing the the games every week. So that was that, that was my. It's a really like good idea. Yeah. Um, and then um, so that was only that was for one season, and then. Then you, I remember you kept doing for the Super Bowl, and then you, we did a video for the Super Bowl, and like, didn't like you had like real NFL guys in it, right? I forgot yeah. Raheem yeah. Brock or Raheem something. Brock and, and like Eric, uh, oh geez, he was a safety for the Jets. I'm forgetting his last name, but um, yeah, you know these guys who we had gotten to know through our our Twelve Angry Mascots sports shows because we did these live shows on stage. David Deal, Darrell Revis, Jericho Cotri. We had a lot of Jets and Giants players. Uh, but we did that for Comedy Central, Tom, and, and that was yeah. Yeah, was I remember Comedy Central. Central was into it. Yeah, and then yeah. Um, I uh, so when did you? And then I feel like I didn't I didn't see you for a few. Years. Oh, then you had your show, your live show. Then I started doing Running Late, right? Running Late, yeah. And I actually, it's funny. One, there's a really cool clip because I did your show one time, and you were interviewing David Cross and um, Amber Tamblin. Yeah. And I was supposed to come out at the end and do stand up, and and so I had to do stand up like like it was like a talk show format. Do you do you know what I'm going to say right now? You're standing in front of them, like they're like David Cross, like look at your ass the whole time. <laughs> so I had to go do stand up, and like it's really funny because you know a lot of times people be like, "Hey, I did this set, and like this famous guy was here, and this famous guy was there." But in my set, they're in the they're in the shot with me. They're literally sitting right by. So David Cross is. Li- I'm doing stand. I mean, I wouldn't say like he's one of my heroes in comedy, but I mean, I really look up to David Cross, and it would be intimidated to do comedy just in front of him. And I'm literally just standing one, like three inches in front of him, with him behind me, having to do stand up. And um, was he looking? What at happened you? was what was he watching you or? Yeah, you could tell they're a little uncomfortable, but he does. You, he laughs. You know what I mean? Like. What helped me was I was supposed to go on, but the interview went so long because, you know, you were really into having them as guests because it was like a good show. And so by the time you brought me out, I was kind of like pissed off. So like I'm very good at comedy when I'm really just don't give a shit anymore. So I went out there and I like 
I made, I remember I opened with this thing where I was like, cause it was like an hour show and you did like 56 minutes with them. And then you were like, Oh yeah, we got this guy. He's, but he's going to do stand up. And I walk out and I go, all right, now the moment you've all been waiting for. And, um, I just remember the whole crowd like started dying laughing at that. And so I just kind of relaxed. Um, yeah, man. I mean, dude, you always, I've never seen you not do well, <laughs> honestly. And, and, and you, you, I mean, you handle those situations so well. Um, yeah, I remember the college shows we did. We toured around a little bit northeast colleges. Ah, yeah, good times, man. You, but but I, I I that first album and going back to that, I that's why I just felt as this young comic like meeting all. I mean, I mean it's not like I met you and you alone. I met a hundred comedians in New York when I moved there. But yeah. you were the one person when I said to myself, "How is this guy not?" you know, bigger than he should be. How does he not yeah. have an album already? Because you had some TV spots, but you didn't have an album. And I just yeah. felt like you needed, um, you needed a little help to, to just get to that level. And look, I yeah. here you are now hosting uh, Last Exit last <laughs> <and> stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that Stork, album really Stork catapulted me. <laughs> Can we just do a, all right, so, and then this is a kind of a good roundabout to that story. So I have a joke on that album about the Karate Kid. Um where I make fun of the movie, the karate kid. And, um, so you were doing HQ trivia and I remember one day you messaged me and you sent me a picture of you and Ralph Macchio <laughs> and you were like, Hey, I played him the track from the album and he thought it was really funny. So what, can you tell me what happened there? <laughs> <laughs> what? I met Ralph Macchio. Uh, it was opening day at, at city field. Cause, uh, I guess he's a Mets fan, and they sort of they brought him. They bring some celebrities in to go around the different suites, and um, that was. Uh, I guess I had, I guess the zone, you know, had a sponsored suite or something. So he was going around making the rounds, and yeah, I was in the suite with Ralph Macchio. Like, oh, okay. oh, and his kid was like a big fan of HQ, <laughs> and uh, his he was there with his son, and I'm like, your your son's a fan of mine. Like, I'm a fan of your. It was so weird. We took we all took pictures with each other. But uh, yeah, I played him the track. I was like, man, my, my friend Tom's got this great joke about you. I had to play it, right? I mean, when else am I going to meet Ralph Macchio? Like, <laughs> Did he react or what? Yeah, he loved it, man. Uh, that's so funny. That's so great. Uh, so can we get, all right, so let's get it. So how did the HQ trivia thing come about? So that came about from an audition I did. I just, I, you know, you talk, you just said you'd perform best when you don't give a shit. I think yeah. that's the same for, for me when I go into auditions. Because I, you know, not that I go on many, but the maybe 10 auditions I've ever been on in New York City uh, for commercials or like Broad City or whatever, I'm, I haven't gotten to any of them. And then this final audition I did for HQ, I was about to move to LA. I already gave my apartment up in New York. I was, I was really over New York and just over the whole thing. I was looking forward to moving to LA and, and like trying to start things fresh out in the West Coast. And this, this call came in to audition for this, you know, at the time I was like, what the fuck is this stupid, what, a game show on your phone? Like, great, I'll get this and then I'll get gas station TV. And then <laughs> maybe, maybe like, I'll get a Shira Lazar run for her money. And then, you know, elevator TV might be yeah. next. Um, taxi TV. You know, I, just, I, just, I didn't think much of it. So mm -hmm. yeah, I had that same attitude. I walked in there and I was like, screw it. I'm just going to go for broke. I was, I was being pretty ridiculous in terms of you know they, they asked me to come in with something prepared and it was the same day of that facebook killer do you remember this when some guy like live streamed himself oh yeah yeah first one 
Yeah. And it was, you know, horrifying, right? And, yes. and of course, I was like just making flippant references to it. Uh, <laughs> and I think some people in the room were like, ooh. But, uh, but it, it, whatever I did worked. They, they hired me. And um, the rest is... So when did the... So w- when you found out you got it, were you kind of like, did you think more of it? Or, were you, or did, you, did they explain no. more? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I mean, I, I was like, great, I got something, you know, I finally got something. And I didn't, um, I, I will say this after I did the audition. So going into the audition, I did not know what this was really. After they kind of showed me and they had me with the, you know, look at the prompter and sort of read the questions. And I was like, I thought to myself, like, you know, this actually could be fun. And I felt comfortable doing it. I'm like, this actually fits my skill set pretty well in terms of just, you know, I can read. That's important. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can read, and I could be comfortable in front of a camera, and I could just, you know, uh, just shoot the breeze and maybe make some things up, improvise on the spot. So um, it felt good. And after they said you got it, I was like, all right, cool. You know, I'm glad I got something, and and we'll see how this goes. I truly, you know, they signed me to a six week contract at first. They're like, let's see how the first six weeks go, and then we can give you another six weeks. And they get, they made me sign like three six week contracts to start before they were like, all right, we want you for two years. And when did it, how long did it take before, didn't it like just blow up immediately? Well, I mean, it took, it, 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 from, from, from day one, it would grow every day. So it's, it's, we never had like a backslide, we never stagnated, so it was always growing incrementally, but it certainly exploded at a certain point, I would say around Thanksgiving of 2017 is when it really went from you know, 80,000 people, 90,000 people, which is still a lot, right? To uh, a million people. And how did that, how, how did that change? Like, when did you know, when, when were you like, holy shit, what the fuck is this? Well, I mean, I started before that because I was getting all these press requests, you know, early October, even um, everyone wanted to write about HQ and write about me. They're like, who the hell is this guy? Cause no, you know, to them, I was this overnight success coming out of nowhere. I mean, you knew that I was doing this for 10 years. I mean, my friends knew that I was at this for a long time, but to the rest of the world, I had not, I not really reached that national, I certainly not reached national recognition. And this was now a national international phenomenon. So it was, uh, for a lot of the media, they were like, yeah, this is an interesting story. Everybody's playing this. And, um, when those requests started coming, I started getting recognized on the street, you know, all those things started leaving. I mean, dude, October 31st, Halloween, 2017, I had, I got like four or five Instagram messages or t- tweets of people dressing like me for Halloween that year. Wow. Oh, wow. That's, that's fucking a, awesome. That's how you know you made that's it. Huge. That is like, that's like fame. That's like <laughs> that's another famous. level yeah, of. That, that is famous. Yeah. It's beyond. It's beyond, yeah. beyond, beyond. And it Did was, that you know, blow your like, mind? It yes. blew my mind. Blew my mind completely. You got to be a complete dickhead yeah. for that not to blow your mind. <laughs> Oh like, yeah, yeah but, you know, it was like yeah. it was like four or five people, right? So I was like, all right, I assume that these are the only four or five people in the world. Right. But I still, I was like, this is no, very, that's, amazing. If one person even thought of doing it, it's, yeah. it's massive. Yeah, that also means there's a lot you didn't, you never, just never heard about. Well, that's the thing. I was just talking. Exactly. To my friend, I was just with my friend the other day, and he goes, we were like reminiscing about. It. He's like, dude, Halloween because I went to his, I went to his Halloween party that year, mm-hmm. and. People thought I was just dressing like the HQ guy. Ah. I, was dressed, oh, I was just dressing like myself. But he said that he had seen, I mean, I was working that night. I didn't really get to go out and experience Halloween. But he said he saw like 30 people dressed like me that night. Wow. So I, there must have been more. Oh, my God. Yeah. So what is? what was that like? So can you can you explain at all how that effect? 
did did it kind of go to your head at first? Were you like, oh my god, or was it scary? I, I never let it go to my head, and it still has. And 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 it 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 you know that's when you that's the fatal flaw when you're like when you think that this is going to last forever. This is because I knew I knew again going back to that first viral success I had. I knew this is fleeting. I knew this is going to disappear someday. There's, I didn't think it would disappear as quickly as it did because unfortunately HQ sort of you know went down very quickly, but. Um, I thought at least I have like like maybe two three years to this or something, you know. I ended up being a year and a half, and I just I just the whole time I figured this is fun. Let me enjoy it in the moment. Uh, you know, I'm clearly not, um, you know, I'm not the Rock. Like I'm not that famous. I'm just it was it was cool to have like a certain. It was a nice amount of fame where you could you could go down the street and people might, might be like doing some double takes or whatever. Maybe at a restaurant and people be like, oh, that's you know but I wasn't mobbed like Justin Bieber. You know what I mean? So like it was, I could still be myself and live in New York city. What's it weird? Did you have like celebrities who were like new, who, who were like, Hey, I know you, you probably, cause celebrities like came on the show, right? Yeah. Well that, that's the, that's frankly kind of one of the coolest things is that all of a sudden, you know, you sort of get inducted into that celebrity circle and like, you know, like Lance Armstrong wow. DM'd me. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. He what? DM'd you? Yeah. I'm like, wait a second. And then I ended up like, you know, hanging out with him in Austin, Texas. When I went down there, Austin City Limits, we were we were down in Texas and like going out to bars and stuff. And I'm meeting his friends who are all, you know, former baseball players, like major leaguers. So now I'm hanging out with Houston Street and Drew Stubbs. And, and, and I'm just like, this is, this is pretty cool. Like, it's nice to be in that circle, you know? Uh, Who was someone you met that was like the that that you were like the most kind of like oh my god I can't believe I'm meeting I mean I mean for people who came on to HQ like um, The Rock was on it right so The Rock right The Rock ended up coming on to HQ and he was you know the nicest guy and and yeah these people when they came on the show most of them they knew it maybe if they didn't play it necessarily they saw it (laughs) once or twice like Paul Rudd Paul Rudd played HQ or saw his people people on set playing it when I had him on my Running Late show. He's like, yeah, man, I'm, I saw people playing this game. It's crazy. Like, everyone was aware of it. I was getting emails from, you, you know, um, uh, even like Josh Groban. Like, he was tweeting about it. And, like, just people but like David Wayne, for example, you know, who, I, who I'd had on my show. Big fan yeah. of David Wayne. I get emails out of the blue. David Wayne, you know, hey, HQ's awesome. Congrats. Like, holy cow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the they're reaching out to me, that was, that was really cool. Um, I have a question, though, because it's, it's not around anymore, or is it around? So it, 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 it dissolved on Valentine's Day of this year. Yeah. And then somehow, six weeks later, it kind of like got resurrected. Uh, I guess someone bought it or, or I don't know what happened because it's, it's, it's honestly a little suspicious, if you ask yeah. me. I I just, know, I'm kind of curious how that makes money. Well, no. dude, I, I couldn't even tell you how they're making money now. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you how, they, how we made money two and a half, two years ago when, when we were successful and when like ads... So it was ads. We have a million people watching. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had a partnership team and they would sell, you know, sponsored games to like Warner Brothers Studios. Like, for example, The Rock. The reason The Rock came on the show is because we were promoting Rampage, the movie he was in. And that was Warner Brothers paid a million dollars Wow. us. Oh, yeah. They they basically said, here's a million dollars and we're going to give you The Rock. 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> like okay, yeah. all right, sure, we'll take. I mean, we'll take. They it. only offered us five hundred thousand. <laughs> we were like, oh. no thanks. Like, uh, so that was how they were making money. But now they're not getting those numbers. And, and, and would you say it's they 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 went out of business or did badly because you left? You were the reason, right? Well, I left. Uh, when you left, that's it, when it went to shit. I mean, to be honest, it was it was going down, you know, while I was there, and just in terms of the numbers going down. Uh, when I left, I think it started to drop more precipitously, and then, and then it just couldn't, you know. I, I, I mean, I will say this: after I left, those brand deals practically dried up. You know, oh, I, see? I don't, you know. So, in terms of like keeping the thing afloat and keeping it financially solvent. My leaving probably had something to do with that. Um, Were, weren't yeah. people like people were really upset when you left, right? Like I kept seeing yeah. all these things on social media. Like they were like, yeah. "Come on, man, why are you doing that?" Like <laughs> it was a big deal. Look, I didn't want to leave. Frankly, I, I, I really didn't want to leave. I was trying. I got this other job opportunity. It was paying better. It was more at at that point in my life. It was like more fun for me because you know, yeah, doing HQ every night for a year and a half. Um, without any real change, it, it does, you know, it gets monotonous, and especially when, when the number, you know, it was super exciting when we were climbing up, 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 up. And then when you start coming down, that's, and by the way, you know, calling attention to the problems that we were having, being completely ignored, not, not, you know, feeling, feeling like I, I didn't have a voice in the um, direction of the company or the strategy, which, they badly needed help in that. In that, and, and you kind of built. I mean, you built it in a lot of ways. Look, I mean, it's no. The engineers built the, the thing. I mean, like we had an amazing team of people, engineers building it, the writers and, and and producers getting the show off the ground, writing the questions, all that. I mean, I was the face of it. I put my DNA into it. I mean, the show. Yeah, I create. You know, I, I sort of created the personality of the show because it was my yeah, personality. It was right, just me. So if you liked the show, uh, I, you know, people liked it for different reasons. There are people who liked it because they can win money. There are people who liked it sure, because yeah. they like trivia. There are people who liked it because, uh, you know, uh, oh, there's this, like, community that now I can be a part of, you know? Mm-hmm. But, and there are also people liked me, and they liked it because I was hosting it and because they enjoyed my entertainment and my, my comedy. Well, I think you're downplaying. I mean, if yeah. you don't have someone who's likable that <laughs> people are going to watch, you don't have a show. You know what I mean? I, I, hear, I hear what he's saying, though. It, it's, you know, it's all things coming together for, for an app to, like that to be successful. I mean, it's kind of a one-of-a-kind thing. It's not that common that something like this would, you know, explode in popularity like that. So it's got to be a couple of uh, niche things coming together. And you know the the concept is great, but then you also have to have a likable, you know, you know, a, a person that you want to watch. So yeah, but if the, it, yeah, it's really, but if, the, if the shit's working, you know, it's like these late night shows or talk shows when they switch the hosts and the ratings go down. Sure, yeah. You know, you have to be careful with that stuff. Yeah, I feel like that's a thing. You see that a lot when you know sometimes that's true. there'll be a problem. They'll be like, yeah, we could just we'll get, we'll get someone else, and it'll be fun. But it's like the other person doesn't like translate as well. You know what I mean? It. it I feel like it, it it does come down a lot to a person has to bring it to life. You know what I mean? So when you did, can I, so when, when you did, how long were you doing it when you did like Colbert? Cause you were like, you were on Colbert. This was one of the most amazing things. Like you're, you know, you're a comedian and you're on Colbert, but you're on Colbert. You're not like doing comedy. You're like a guest on Colbert. <laughs> yeah. That was like, was that just insane to you? Totally, man. Totally. I mean, this is all, you know, these were, 
what was that can i can what was that like Were, like was it surreal or yes <laughs> I'm not gonna, you know I, yes, I, I i the whole all of this i mean doing doing kelly and ryan was surreal doing wow. um you know, just good just, morning, America. Good morning, America. Uh, doing these New Year's Eve, you know, New Year's Rock and Eve with Dick, Dick Clark, with Jenny McCarthy in Times Square, and then I did the next year with Steve Harvey, like <laughs> Fox. Like That's I did great. two New Year's Eve shows. Um, but 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 Colbert, because look, Late Show has such a you know means so much to, to comedy history and to comedians and, and Colbert. I mean, God, I, I'm watching. I watched the Daily Show, of course, the very first episode of Colbert Report. I remember sitting there in my in my fraternity house, like watching that in college. And then, you know, Colbert's just one of the smartest, most brilliant comedians of our time. And like, here I am now on his show. And well, and also like, was that must have, must have been such like a fulfilling mo because like I said, I mean, I can't stress enough. It's like, it's one thing to be a comic on one of these shows, but how many people can actually go on one of these shows as like, where they, it's, you sit down with, I mean, that is like, Unhurt, you know what I mean? It was like, like Jessica Chastain. Of. It was Jessica Chastain, and then like me. Yeah, uh, it was yeah. So I mean, <laughs> that was that was the show that night. Um, look, I, I, you know, sorry, I'm just kind of. To there. me, it's um, to me, it's like un. I mean, I, it, it's like unbelievable. I mean, to be just to be in that building, to be like down in, in the catacombs and the the green room area where they have this whole setup. They give they give you all this, you know, South Carolina specialty food because he's from South Carolina, and the tote bag and the T-shirt. And, you know, I had my parents there and my, some of my friends that I got to come. And, you know, uh, it was just, uh, wow. Then you're waiting in the wings to come out. And Colbert, like, between the commercial break, he kind of, like, danced over the band's playing. He, like, danced over to me. He's like, I know you. I played your game. He's like, I played your game a couple times. Couldn't win. And then, like, danced yeah. away. And, uh, it, yeah, you know, but he, he was um, coming into it. I was like, holy crap. And then, you know, I did it. And did you I, talk to uh, Jessica Chastain? No, no okay. they, they, they kept everyone sort of separated. Was, was it her or was it Bryce Dallas Howard? Because they kind of look exactly the no, same. No, it might, yeah, it could have been. <laughs> um, but it's probably I, both of them. Yeah. <laughs> but I had the all, same I, person. I was kind of frustrated to be honest because I had all these like, you know, think, Tom, to your point, I've been thinking about this moment for, for 10 years. Like what I'm going to do when I get in one of these talk shows. I've had stories that I've been thinking of. I had, you know, anecdotes and all these things. And I had like these ideas, these bits to do. And I prepped so much with the seven producer. Like, you know, he has a baseball card from Tops. I had a baseball card. I was going to like, you know, trade cards with him and like maybe have him, you know, sign my card for him or something or like open a box of cards on the, open a pack with him or something, all these things. And of course it all like went out the window. You know, I didn't get to do any of those things I prepped because Steven basically just kind of you know, takes over the interview and he decides what he wants to do. Yeah. So is it, that must be the strange thing too. Like, I guess that's another question. Like, does it, when you get there, like, does it not, is, is it a moment of kind of like, well, this isn't what I thought this was going to be like. It was so fast. I mean, it, it honestly felt like two minutes and I thought I actually had to watch it back. I'm like, did they give me my full time? Like I thought they cut me short, you know, but yeah, no, it was, it just, it just flew by so fast. And, um, over before you know it and then you're just like are you and are you like when you would do that were you like nervous i feel like i'd be like i feel like i think i wouldn't be but then like w when you're there it's by terrifying you know what i mean you know, do you think like you think you'd be nervous when you would do something like that i, I was I, I was certainly nervous yeah yeah and i i you know i want i kind of in the beginning if you watch the clip i kind of tell them and, and not a lot of guests do this because they sort of have that i've been there before attitude but 
I sort of knew this could be the only time I ever do this. And I said to him, like, Stephen, this is just such a, I just want to say, you know, how, how amazing this is for me to be here and, 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 and how big a fan I am. I kind of like did that thing just to kind of break the ice a little bit because uh, I felt like I had to. I mean, it was my honest, my honest mm -hmm. feelings, you know, I'm not going to come in there and like big shot it or something like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You've been in that theater before though, right? As of yeah, sitting there in the audience. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's it's it, there's a lot of energy in that room. It's I feel like it's a kind of a I mean, it's when comedians go on there, they always do very well. So I feel like it's a nurturing place. So um, I, I, I know that's all. I feel like that would be a good place to go though. Um, so so I'm so when you when when you left, we talked about those. You left for. Uh, I, I said it wrong. Dazone. No, Dazone. Yeah. And you, um, you're still working there. It's just now you, the, they're not doing anything. Cause the I'm, I'm watching MLB network over here while I'm not talking to you. And it's just <laughs> replaying old games. You yeah. Know, on the season. It's just, there's nothing, there's nothing, no baseball to, to broadcast right now. So nothing for me to do. Yeah. So are you, is it, how is this effect? Is this affecting you kind of like, are you kind of going stir crazy a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to get the hell out of here. I've got, yeah. But the, but the good, the good, the good thing is that I'm my my isolate night show is giving me something to look forward to. Yeah, so, you know, That's I have to good. prepare for that. And I've, like I said, I've got Manitiahu, Andy Kindler. I've got, you know, it gives me. I love prepping for interviews. I love doing that and and, and getting the elements together. And you know, I have a team that helps me out with this thing. And so we actually it actually feels like I'm producing my running late show. Uh, you know, remotely using Skype, it's, it's certainly different, but it has the same energy of, of, of the preparation of it, you know, and it gives me, gives me an excuse to get dressed, showered. And how, how long does it, how long is it? I mean, I always, in my run sheet, I have a run sheet and I always try to keep it to like 30, 35 minutes and it, it always goes to 45, 50. Yeah. <laughs> Just, oh, really? The show goes seven hours. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great. This is the first hour. Yeah. <laughs> do you um and did i ask you do you do you start out doing like you said you do like kind of a monologue I, I, sort of, I sort of just talk to the you know i talk to the, the the camera and i just say how you doing you know we still alive out there everybody good and uh I'll, if there's something big in the news i'll reference it or i'll take a swig of bleach clorox you know <laughs> you know something something just uh you know like i also don't I'm not like watching the news all day either. So I don't, oh. I don't want to be that plugged in anymore. Um, but sometimes I'll say, Hey, I got the result of uh, breaking sports, you know, breaking sports scores here. The uh, St. Louis Cardinals have won the 1982 world series. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 that's what I'm watching. I'm watching these old games. So uh, are, are you a huge baseball fan? Yeah. Yeah. Who's your team? The Mets. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Wow. Metropolitans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, so yeah, that was another, I, I wanted to, so when you started comedy, that, that was kind of a niche that you, that you kind of started working in, you know, like, uh, cause you knew so much about sports and most comedians don't know anything about sports. So you kind of were like cornering that sports comedy mark. You know what I mean? It was, um, I tried, I mean, too bad that market is, is very small and, and not, um, lucrative. <laughs> You did know, you yeah did you but you, that you guys the 12 angry angry mascots thing you guys had some success and you guys did it for a while so there was yeah. somewhat there had to have been some kind of a an audience for it look you know success again what does success mean and that, that's that's the question we all struggle with i mean at that point sure i thought it was a success that we could you know sell 100 tickets to at a, at a, at a club you know that was successful um but 
that's all we could sell. You know, <laughs> yeah. So, so we're not touring with it. We're not doing the Beacon Theater. You know, we're not getting uh, yeah. uh, featured on Sports Center. You know what I mean? Like, I, I thought it was a success, a success when we did a video with Curtis Granderson from the Yankees, and yeah. the New York Times like mentioned our name. You know, in in the New York Times, like that to me in 2012 was a success. Uh, Every, everyone says he's a good dude. Is he a good dude, that guy? Yeah, man. We were yeah. in his apartment for like three hours filming this video with him. It was incredible. Wow. Um, so that, to me, like that at the time was successful. But in the grand scheme of things, when you zoom out, no, no one was, we weren't making money. We, we, you know, we weren't breaking through in any big way. We weren't really known outside of, you know, the, the New York. Gosh, yeah, yeah. Lots. But it was, you know, that was pretty early on. So it was kind of like... It kind of got you, I think, some attention because it was it was different. It was yeah, doing comedy shows. But it, so th- this is, are you still doing like do you do stand up still like just go and do stand up? I I, I I certainly cut back a lot on that. I mean, I I just again my so when I was doing HQ, I was working till like nine thirty, and you know sometimes I would do a quick set before and then run over to HQ or do something after. But you know it's kind of a tough time slot. Uh, for shows, because by the time you get over to like, some Brooklyn, you know, show, it's 10, 10 o'clock, ten thirty, you, you miss the show. But did uh, that open up opportunities in terms of like touring and stuff? Were they like, oh yeah, you should do this? Like, I did some touring. Yeah, I mean that was cool too. I got to go to like the Wilbur Theater in Boston, Trocadero <laughs> in Philadelphia. You know, we did some shows around the East Coast and Chicago. I did like, I would never be able to get booked in, into Chicago improv, you know, uh, or Zanies or something. But but now I was able to do those shows and. Um, you know, not doing stand-up only. I had like a like a trivia element, a live trivia show that I developed. So that was fun to do, and I still do, do you, that at colleges and, and and occasionally do that. Do you, do you like when you do it now? Do you still like doing it? Is it was stand-up always something that you were wanted to get you know eventually do and keep doing? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing better than being on stage and just making people laugh, right? With like with with your jokes that you wrote. Um, I just. Uh, it's just, you know, the, the doing the 45 minutes of that, like that, I still haven't developed like a solid 45 minute hour set that I could, you know, produce as a special, but I can do 15 minutes, 20 minutes at the top of my show and then transition into my, my trivia element or show some videos, you know, I've sort of built out a bigger thing than just stand up. And frankly, like, well, do you think, yeah, go ahead. Wood. I, I just think it's as an audience, my audience, I think they would prefer that. Right, they prefer to be able to engage in the live trivia show versus just you know watching me do stand up for an hour. They're used to the interactive experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah for we sure. Bring people on stage and, and they can win prizes. Like I have a whole thing. We, you know, it's cool. I, I'm really proud of that too because that was something that just sort of I sort of said, you know what, I want a tour, and I had that my agent. I got an agent, and they started booking me. And I was like, well, what can you do? I was like, well, I don't have an hour stand up, but what else can I do? So I I created the show, and it's just my touring. I call it Scott's, you know, Savage Questions with Savage Questions with Scott Rogowski. And it's, it's a live trivia show that we bring like 18 people on the stage and we have three rounds and there's a championship round and we actually give out prizes like Playstations or, you know, big gift cards and stuff. And I have a blast doing it and, and the audience has a blast doing it. And we do it at colleges and we do it at clubs and, you know, I'm waiting for that to come back because that... I would love yeah. to do that again. And also, like, you were mentioning the whole, like, 45 minutes and, you know, to, to do a special. What do you think, like, I feel like that template has to be kind of, I feel like it has been changing and has to shift the whole, like, hour of stand-up thing, you know? Yeah. The, 
because it just seems like everything now is just becoming everything's faster and faster and faster but for some reason stand up continues to like stick to this kind of template of like all right well do you have your hour and it's like i like i like stand up and i would if i put on a special i'll watch like 15 minutes and i'm like all right i'm done i can't watch it so who well, I, i'm curious go ahead what? no I, I think that might be changing i mean because you know the netflix started doing those 15 minute specials with all those guys i think that may be the trend in a way like who might, has who has the well, attention span now but even tom i mean look at like the way people get successful now i mean it's who has gotten famous off of just stand-up, like, who started within the last 10 years? It's maybe one guy. I don't even know. Like, it's I, I, I do think, you know, there's there's reverence for people who have been doing it a long time. And so, like, they can get away with only doing stand-up. But I don't think any of us could only do stand-up and get away with it, like, in the current, the way people consume media. Like, I will. Well, I think like Scott here is doing, like like, a bunch of innovative shit. And I think you were pretty ahead of the curve with some of the you know, different elements. I'm sure there's been a bunch of copycats for like the trivia shit. Oh yeah. I know. Yeah. I'm I knew sure people who worked for some of the copycats. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Name names or <laughs> no, no, but I, I thought it was that company and they're like, no, no, we're, we're computer. pretty much a mimic. Yeah. So I they're mean, like, Hey, this is the quiz. Daddy, <laughs> the quiz stepdaddy. <laughs> weren't you called quiz daddy? Quiz daddy right? Oh, sorry. <laughs> that was really funny. This is I don't the know quiz why. mommy with Schmowski. Yeah, um, yeah. That that's probably why it was a bad idea to like have him leave the show, Scott, because with the competitors and then you know the, the host isn't as important because there's all these competitors. So I feel like he, sh- if he had stayed, that company would have been better off. My opinion. Like I said, I wanted to stay. Yeah. I tried. I tried to work out a way where I can stay, like do Sunday night shows because because my zone schedule is Monday through Friday. And mm-hmm. you know, I said, all right, I'll do Monday through Friday, but I'll stay on HQ for Sunday nights, and they just didn't want. They didn't want that arrangement. So, well, I was just gonna make we were, we were talking about. It's like it's so hard for you know to just no one really just makes it on stand up. I mean, I was um, talking to my I'm in Dallas. I'm, I was talking to my sister and my niece is really into John Mulaney, and they were showing like his SNL monologue. And my sister was like, "Who is this guy? Why? How is he famous?" And um, <laughs> and, and I was like, "Do you not like him?" No, no, no. She liked him, but she was like, yeah. I, "I have no idea who he is." And I was like, "That's crazy." He does stand up. He's known okay. for stand up. And they were like, "Yeah," like, and it was kind of an interesting thing of like, she was like, "Yeah, I really like," it. and it, it was it was an odd concept to like think of someone becoming known mainly from stand-up. You know what I mean? And even he wasn't, he did other things. And yeah. one thing that helped him host SNL was that he was honest. And, uh, you know, he well, was he wrote a writer there for so long. Yeah, yeah. So well, he what, had what it I, in there. What I heard was that he left SNL, but had he stuck around, they were going to give him the weekend update thing. But he wanted to, he tried to do a sitcom and he left. But had he, he yeah. stayed, he would have. he would have done that. So... But I feel like he's the closest to someone that's like just kind of known mainly for their stand-up. I mean, I know he's he yeah. has done. I mean, a million other things, but, but even oh, yeah, but that class of oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was just saying. Oh, hello, and yep. then oh yeah, all, all his appearances on SNL, even though he never was an officially yeah. an anchor, he would do those those desk pieces and like the Stefan stuff. He became associated with that. Yeah, yeah I feel like he. Uh, yeah, you're right. No, it's 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 his stand-up specials certainly went viral, but like Nikki Glazer too. She's yeah. had her specials, but also, you know, she had her show on Comedy Central. She had the roasts, the radio, the radio show. You, you can't, I agree. I don't think you can fully support yourself on stand up alone. 
Yeah, there's really no, can. yeah. There's, 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 two, there's not a, anymore, especially. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Um, why do you think I became a lawyer? Um, <laughs> I, I feel like like my law degree was my sitcom. Like, oh, okay, yeah, no, I got this to make money. Yeah, um, what, yeah. Oh, what'd you get? Uh, JFL? No, I got JD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, JD. Um, what was I going to... Uh, there was something else I was going to say about that. And a- I can't Adrian oh, so what, what? Adrian Brody? <laughs> Did you ever meet Adrian Brody? <laughs> For some reason, it always goes to Adrian Brody. We've never been podcast. in the same place at the same time. Have I told you that... Um, yes, the Adrian, you know Adrian Brody, right? <laughs> no, I don't. I knew him when I was in high school, kind of. And right. I, but for some reason, it came that story came up on the last like two or three podcasts. Um, I didn't bring it. I think... Uh, um, Mark you brought it up a few, one of the times, for sure. No, but I, I think... I don't think I did. I think yes. you guys always bring it up. And then I think it, it looks like running, I brought it up. Running it is a running thing. Yeah. And, and I think eventually we'll get him on the show. So you don't know. You don't That'd know That'd be him. great. Scott yeah. doesn't know him personally, right? Mm-mm. No. Um, All right. Damn it! That was the him? whole. That was the whole reason we had you on, Scott. We thought you might know Adrian yeah. Brody. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so that's uh, so that's cool. I mean, you know, you're doing your show. That's uh, that's great. Yeah. You, you, are you still doing the the running late with Scott? Were you still doing that this whole time? You were right. I, I did one. The last one I did was like February 2019. So I really haven't done that in a while either. I mean, was I that you did it at the Gramercy? Uh, that was at the Gramercy in in in, in fall of 2018. The last one we did was at a place called Subculture in New York. Oh yeah, uh, and who do you started getting these like insane guests, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, John Oliver, Paul Rudd, and we got, um, yeah, I had some. Did I you ever some- interview? Who who was someone you interviewed and you were like, "Wow, this is a hard fucking interview." Was there someone that you can remember that you were yeah, like, "They're not giving me anything." Wanna, yeah, you don't want to just put someone know. on blast. That's fine. Um, so but, it was Paul Rudd, John okay, Mulaney, cool. and Paul Rudd, pieces uh, of shit. Know. But like. did you have that where, where you were like, wow, this is a really hard interview? Well, sometimes it's just, you know, sometimes, yes, people are, some people are just better natural talkers and, and, and conversators. And what do you think of the late night landscape now? What do you think of the shows? Not enough white guys. Yeah, I agree. We need, we need more. And uh, I think I'm That's, that's pretty much true yeah. of everything. <laughs> sure. uh, um yeah, I mean, look, look, late night tonight, today, it's just, uh, well, now it's funny because everyone's on the level playing field. We're all doing these shows from home. So yeah. on the one hand, it's kind of been democratized in that sense. But who the hell knows, man? It's, uh, the, I think these networks are going to realize we don't need studio audiences. We don't need to do this big blown out production because we're getting the same, the same viewers. We're getting the same amount of people watching with Stephen Colbert from his apartment, his, Seth Myers from his attic. Mm-hmm. Like, it's and like, how do you think this will affect com- like stand-up comedy? <laughs> Stand up in particular, I mean, that's really at risk. Yeah, of all the art forms. I think that one is because even with like music, you can have musicians play from their places. We're seeing that all the time. You can do a concert from from your garage, but stand up, like you said, it's hard to do over this over Skype and Zoom. You just don't have the energy of a of a live crowd, and it's really. Hard and you're to- right; it's true. It's gonna like some some people are gonna start. It's gonna be like figuring out what the new thing is you know what i mean like how to do comedy in this new era do you know what i mean like yeah everything became so much short so short for and that's why when you said when you were auditioning for that for the hq and you were like oh what the hell is this and it's like 
things were going in that direction. You know what I mean? Exactly. And so of course at the time you were like, well, this couldn't be a thing. And it, and that's, it, that, that's why I don't think you can discount the virtual standup because it sounds stupid now, but you know, it, it may be the only thing that, you know, we have, who the hell knows, man. And, and you're a sports guy. What do you think about sports? When is that coming back? <sighs> Again, like you just have to get players tested. You have to have, uh, you know, they're talking about these geographic safe zones. So if you just keep everybody in Arizona and then you can take buses to all the, you know, stadiums and kind of make it like an Olympic village where, you know, to, the security is so intense to come in and out and you have to be screened and tested and take your temperature. I mean, that, that sounds is, fun. Yeah. Sounds fun. And no, I know, you know, like well, you can do it, but it's going to take a lot of uh, a logistical, uh, you know, infrastructure and, um, it, I don't see any baseball happening until yeah, baseball early. might be just the seasonality of baseball kind of screwed. It, it, it just it, it might not work out this season because yeah. it just starts right when the pandemic was like in the heat of everything in the U.S. But you know, football is an interesting case because the timing of the season being in September, it's like a very much of a like a no man's land in between maybe the first and second outbreak of this, and I could see a lot of people pushing for televised football to continue because the cable networks are going to absolutely fall off the face of the earth if football doesn't happen. Like 95% of like people that watch cable or you know network television, sorry, I keep saying cable, network television is from NFL games. So I mean, even without a crowd, the NFL will make its money on those network deals. The networks will make their money on the viewers. But if they don't have a season, I mean... There were, the economy's already hit, but that that would be huge for TV. That would be such a blow to TV that I don't. I haven't heard anyone really talking about that because maybe people don't want to yeah. put it into existence or whatever. But like, dude, if they don't do the NFL and and look, I get like if if it's really bad and let's say it continues through the summer and just you know people are still quarantining and all that, they they won't have the season. But I just don't know what that looks like for TV. I think people are just hoping this is like kind of over. Like, oh yeah, maybe May. Hoping, yeah. People are. Hoping. I don't know though. I don't know though, man. Um, yeah. My my right. is about to die here. Oh, all right, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, Scott, yeah. thanks a lot, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing this. It was great to wow. talk to you. Catch up with you, man. It's been uh, it's been a while. Well, when um, you come back to New York, are are you like in Dallas full time now? <laughs> well, I've been here about four weeks. I started I started working yesterday, you know, from home, which is like amazing i'd never done that before and it's just like you know i like today i got up and i i punched in on my computer and then i went back to sleep for like an hour and a half <laughs> punched in punched the clown and then get asleep <laughs> um and then so it's i don't know i mean i i feel like i'm in a best case scenario in terms of if i have to be stuck at home i'm at my sister's house so it's just kind of like i'm just here and um they're, apparently Dallas is opening up on Friday, kind of. So I'm, I want to go back to New York, but uh, I just uh, I'm not in a rush. You know, is it kind of a nightmare there? It's just you know depressing. It's just depressing because there's you know nothing to do. The weather sucks. By the mm-hmm. way, so you're, you're with your niece right now, who was what is she like 14, 15 now, or t- 16? She's 18. 18? Wow. She's yeah, the, the one album? that I used to baby. <laughs> You oh yeah, her. yeah. I have a joke about her. Yeah, yeah. That's have you right. Played that? Have you played that for her? Has she heard it? I remember playing to. it with them when I was okay. younger, and they liked it. Um, <laughs> it might have been about the younger one, but that joke 
I, you know, it's so funny, like to go back to the amazing thing about that album is like, I've come out with other albums since that, but like people are always like that album. Uh, I think what it was, it captured like a mo like, cause the alternative scene was like a big thing at the time. And I just done the invite them up CD. And I think like in the alt scene, I was kind of like known. And I think it captured me in that moment at a time when that style was like people like, you know, it was like popular or something. And I, and I think it was an album that like, you know, I wasn't like famous. So like, it wasn't like people were like this is such a big album, but it it's become like a like a Paul's boutique of stand up comedy a little bit. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like uh, oh well, that was so that's such a great comedy. So anyway, I was saying like three years after it came out, I just was googling myself, and someone wrote an article about it, and I didn't even know them. And they they said something like he has an uh, he has a, a track that comedy track that's in my top five of all time comedy. It's the one about my niece, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the best jokes, man. <laughs> play that on this podcast. Make that the outro. I think the reason I people like, I think the reason people play it's all, it's all like weird shit. Like it's all like, Hey, remember this movie from 1987? Like what? So you, it, it's like things that no one would ever have a joke. So you're not going to be like, oh, I've heard jokes about that. You know what I mean? Like, I've heard jokes about Matthew Broderick killing people, you know? <laughs> um, all right, man. So all right, all right. I'll, I'll let you go. Thanks a lot, man. Uh, you got it, guys. it was Good great job. to catch up with you. Yeah. This was great. Yeah. Good thanks job. for coming on. Um, and uh, we'll watch your show. Uh, um, Isolate night. Isolate yes, night. night. Sounds we'll check awesome. It out. I'll check it out. No. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Bye again. everyone. Great. Bye guys. We go hard. This is black hoodie rap There's no fear in my eyes What he looking at Better look on map Besides, me not like the I fight Me not think such a thing is worth a man's life But if a man tests my style I promise he won't like my reply Boom, bye-bye like bonjour, I'm too sure I'm a Brooklyn boy, I may take some getting used to Chain snatching, ain't have it, gotta get it Same from Brownsville to Brain British Fatherless child, mama put double shit So the number runners was the only one to hang with it before you know it, I'm in the game, bang fit if Fitting on orangutans, pity old kid apps like oranges I'm dangerous, tell me what the name of this All right, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, please tune in next week and please rate and review this podcast. We're now at Storic Media. That's all for this week. Last exit to Brooklyn. Peace.